every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Inspired, pro-viral, gonna make this garden grow. Come on around back, Arizona. It is Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. We're in the outdoor living hour. Third Saturday of the month, we're joined with Jay Harper of the Farm's Choice, talking lawns primarily today. The big question, do you fertilize your winter lawn one more time or go ahead and cut off water to go ahead and make room for the Bermuda? But we'll also be talking lots of things going on today. It's perfect gardening season, perfect weather outside. If you've got any questions about your landscape or gardening, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923, or you can snap a photo and send it via email if you need a little help with plant or insect identification to info at rosieonthehouse.com. A lot of gardening activity. A lot of gardening activity. (laughs) It's one of the, it's an essential (laughs) activity. So, you know, a lot of people, since you are, many folks are kind of stuck at home, they're taking advantage of it and growing some gardens and getting their houses spruced up. I've seen, I've seen a lot of landscape projects going on. Um, so a lot of people invest in time and in money into their uh, shelter in place. Since since you're in place, it might as well look good and be comfortable, and um, you might as well get you know get the most out of your time spent in your yard and and uh, grow something you can eat and have some fun doing it. So it's a it's a great release. It's great therapy. It's great exercise. It's a great way to get fresh air. There's not too many bad things about it. So you know we've. We've, uh, you know, in, in 08 and 09, when the real estate and everything crashed, we saw this, uh, people bought vegetable seeds and vegetable plants and garden like it was going out of style. That's when you started seeing a lot of square foot gardening and Mel Bartholomew stuff Sure, really came into the forefront and we're seeing the same kind of thing going on right now. And, uh. In fact, nurseries and garden centers are so busy that they're having to do the same thing that the grocery stores are, space people out and put marks on their checkout areas and, you know, keep keep folks apart a little bit when they when they get ready to check out. You wouldn't think you'd have to do that in a big open <laughs> space like a gar- nursery, nursery or garden center. But, but uh, you know, it's a unique time and we need to make the most of it. After I left last Saturday, I stopped and grabbed a few more bags of potting soil just to get our container gardens going again. And it's it's really interesting um, just to see all the different, you know, so I hit the nursery, I hit the hardware store, I hit, hit two hardware stores, I hit three auto parts store looking for one radiator cap and <laughs> wow. finally found it. And it's so interesting just to see how all the different businesses uh all the steps they're taking to keep people's. and how everyone is is so different. There's nothing. I know they're supposed to be quote unquote uniform, but I mean the nursery that and and the hardware store. Yeah, there was tape on the ground to, but but people in general just acting normal. Yeah, you know, it's uh, everybody's got a different threshold of you know comfort level through this, so it's. Uh, that's for you, sure. You just yeah, <laughs> from Man. from from one extreme to the other, and you know, you just need to be respectful of 
of uh, of what everybody's thinking and, and doing. It kind of interesting. Some 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 well known nurseries in the valley are are uh, closing on Sundays now, and um, you know modifying their. Oh, that's kind of nice to see. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it, it, it's you know it. It's one of those things. We'll get through it, and uh, everybody's going to have nicer-looking landscapes because of it. Or, <laughs> or they're going to learn how to bake. People are baking bread, and you can't buy yeast or flour in the I'm, grocery store. I, I'm told I'm trimming bird of paradise at my house this afternoon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. They, they got you've, been, a little, you've been told? I've been told that's that's today's to-do the list. The honey-do <laughs> lists are getting shorter. Yeah. Uh, one thing is I need stuff. I need to learn how to cut my own hair or something. Yeah, right. Hey, look at this. <laughs> Way yeah. over there. Wasn't yeah. on purpose. Look at I this. started with the trimmer, and I was just trying to get the hair off my ears because I hate when the hair comes over my ear. and uh, trim this, and then finally just, you know what? Uh, this is too far gone. Put the number four on and... Well, when you're doing it yourself, that's about the only way you can do it. That's right. You know, just, just get her done. So, Remy, uh, my son, he needs his haircut, and we, and he's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you're not. <laughs> he's like, you're not good at it. You're not touching my hair. Well, I've gotten pretty good at cutting the front of my hair. You know, like the bangs and around the front. But I'm end up with like a mullet because I can't do it back. <laughs> so I think the eighties are coming back. back not a pretty look. There you go. <laughs> what are the? Business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> Joe Dirt look. <laughs> Keep on keeping on. That's what we got to do right now. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of bringing it all back around to the original question. What were you talking about? Lawns? Lawn. Um, yeah. So, you speaking know. Speaking of cutting. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cutting. Um, so we're in that kind of time when you're going to have to make decisions here pretty quick. Now, it it's staying, you know reasonably cool so this is pretty ideal weather for ryegrass to grow in or the winter grass if if you didn't overseed your bermudas greened back up and you're mowing bermuda grass now it's uh, uh in fact oh, yeah. uh, you know over the i don't know that it ever went completely dormant this winter um but uh if you if you've got a winter lawn winter ryegrass and uh, you know here pretty quick i would i would suggest you know right up end of April, 1st of May, even if we don't get warm enough, which we hope we don't, to that it starts that transition on its own, I would start mowing shorter, uh, take, your, take your mower down a notch or so each week for the next few weeks, and, and that'll start the process. The ryegrass will not like with 85, 90 degrees getting mowed a little shorter. It'll open the canopy of that lawn up. And let the let the sunlight and get down into those roots, kind of start working on those Bermuda uh, roots and stolons to wake them up and and get them active. And we need to get rid of that competitor, that ryegrass that's shading them out and crowding them out and taking the nutrients for when they want to start growing. Now we're we're still a little early. It's still in the fifties at night, but when we start getting in those sixty degree nights or early morning lows that's when that bermudas want to really want to take off and that's when you've got to get that ryegrass out of the way so to answer your question no you don't want to fertilize uh your your winter lawns uh, anymore unless that's the only lawn you have if you don't have an underlying uh, bermuda grass or warm season lawn then by all means you want to fertilize it and keep it going as long as you can don't mow it too short in fact you may want to raise your mower up a little bit so that it creates a little more shade but in most cases 
people have some kind of lawn underneath it, some type of Bermuda or hybrid Bermuda grass that we want to start uh, getting the ryegrass out of the way so it can start waking up and growing. So when we get those first, you know, mid 90 degree days here, you know, probably in the next couple of weeks, you know, the ryegrass will, will really get subdued, eventually die out. And then I would recommend sometime in maybe mid-May coming in with a dethatcher, a power rake, get that thatch out of there, get that Bermuda grass to start going. Aerification would be wonderful if you could get people to do it. It's a hard kind of a thing to do if you have a small lawn. It's a big, heavy piece of equipment if you're going to go rent it. You know, go in with your neighbors. Get two or three people together. Do it as a as a neighborhood project. You know, knock out three or four lawns at one time. Somebody that's got a, a pickup with a hitch on it or something that they can tow it for you and, and get that done. It's, it's an awesome thing to do. You will be amazed how much better your lawn will do if you can get it aerified. And, and going into summer is a great time to do it. I think I made a mistake the first two or three times I dethatched. When I mow the lawn, I go over the lawn once. Okay. It seems like with the dethatcher, you have to go over it three or four times in different directions and angles, and it's not just up and back in rows one time and you're done. Well, it certainly will do a better job if you do it that way, and, and it depends on how deep you have it set. So you can you can vary the depth of those blades to, to get down deeper or shallower, depending on you know how much thatch you have or don't have. Um, so I would always recommend mowing the lawn first, uh, and then coming back with the thatcher. Um, if you're going to set it relatively deep, make sure you mark in the same way with the aerifier, make sure you mark your sprinkler heads or you'll be buying new new sprinkler heads, which in some cases might not be a bad idea either. It's a, that's a great time to change out heads or nozzles um, if they need it. Uh, you know, after you've gotten all that thatch and stuff out of the way, you can see where your sprinkler heads are. Um, but, uh, yeah, going over it a couple of times in different directions. In fact, mowing your lawn that way is not a bad thing to do. Cut it in one direction and then cut it or change it every time you mow it. It's not a bad way to go. Now, you mentioned changing sprinkler heads. We've all seen the typical ones. They pop up, and it's just a, a fan spray, and they even came out where you can now adjust it from, you know, basically zero degrees to 360 degrees. Right. And, uh, they've got them now where they come out and they're the little rotators, rotators, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to apparently be pretty water saving. Well, they, they operate on, because you're not operating the whole head at one time, it's operating in, you know, uh, uh, rotating fashion. They operate with a lot, uh, less volume. So you can actually, the nice thing, there's a couple good things about them. They're not near as affected by wind. Um, so if, if you've got a windy day, you notice all the sprinkler heads or <laughs> all the water's getting blown out on the sidewalk. Um, you can, you can operate them with less water pressure. So some folks that have older systems, all of a sudden you notice they're not working quite as well because your water pressure has gone down. Um, you can, these will not be as affected by that. You can put more heads on a valve than you can with conventional conventional heads so so there's a lot of a lot of great advantages to switching to those low volume mp rotator type heads now can i replace just the head that pops out or do i have to replace the whole 
cartridge that screws into the water line? It depends on the on the manufacturers. Uh, the uh, but I believe you can just change the guts out. Yes. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. Here is it's good to touch the green green grass of home. Then I awake and look around me. That's a downer, Gary. <laughs> he just he 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 latched onto the keyword of green grass. <laughs> I didn't expect Jerry Lee to start uh, rapping there for a second. <laughs> we always get the question. You know, we've got the ride that comes down from Oregon, mm-hmm. and we've got our summer Bermuda. People are always looking for an alternative. There's fescue. <clears throat> uh, there's another one I can't even remember the name of, but we always get a couple people asking about alternatives of to those two types of grasses or any other kind of grass that grows in the desert other than the rye and the Bermuda? Well, we're in a, a little bit of a unique situation, the fact that the, the Bermuda grasses, we get we get cold enough here in the wintertime that they, they kind of tend to go dormant. So they turn brown or yellow in the winter. And that's when we want to spend the time outside <laughs> um, and have a nice green grass to play on. Um so people started overseeding with a cool season grass or a grass that would be the summer lawn if you lived in the upper tier of states. So, you know, California, Northern California, Washington, Oregon, you know, all the way across the eastern United States, they use blue grasses and rye grasses and, and those types of, of grass as their lawn their summer lawn in the winter time they got a foot of snow on the ground they don't worry about a lawn in the winter um, we have a lawn we want to have a lawn year round so we're in this conundrum of well what do you do um, so we we started overseeding so we have green grass in the winter time you know I've always thought it would be interesting if we just had a winter lawn and you know I don't know of many people that are out playing much on their lawns other than I guess they're you know your dog to go to the bathroom or whatever in the in the heat of July and August um, so um, so anyway we have the Bermudas that will take the heat and tolerate our summertime but they go dormant in the winter so we plant a on top of them we plant a cool season grass Th- there are a lot of them if you wanted to it's just a matter of how available the seed is for them. Fescue is, you know, it, it's 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 an okay grass. It's kind of coarse. A lot of people are using fescues for shady areas because it, it'll tolerate more heat than ryegrass will typically. Um, they use a lot of fescues in the lower, like, the, like Kansas and Missouri and places that still get pretty warm in the summer. Fescue will tolerate, you know, a fair amount of heat. Um, not our full sun out, full sun heat, but if you've got big shade trees, it's an alternative. You might get fescue to grow there. Ryegrasses just have tended to have lots more varieties, be a lot nicer, finer bladed uh, turf grass for 
for people to play on in their tips. And then there's there's a bunch of different bluegrass type varieties, but they tend to be a little more finicky, um, and uh, and not not be quite as easily obtained. Uh, I got that, Gary. And, <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it was a it was a banjo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh. Or so a mandolin. The, was it the, a mandolin or a banjo? No, I, I was banjo. In fact, I saw Deliverance a couple of nights ago, and it just kind of popped in my head. Bluegrass. <laughs> yeah, okay, got it. Um, what what they're starting to, you know, to genetically and breed into some of our Bermuda grasses is maybe a little more tolerance to the cold and maybe shorter dormancies or no dormancies at all, that would that would probably be the answer if you could get a lawn that would go through the wintertime and not have to overseed. Because overseeding Bermuda grasses, or any lawn for that matter, planting a lawn on top of a lawn is hard on that Bermuda grass. It, it, uh, it, it, it isn't the greatest practice in the world. It's tough on them. Um, we get into this transition. We see some years how tough it can be. It, you know, sometimes it kills them completely. Um, so... Yeah, especially if you're in the golf course business and you're you're trying to have a great looking playable turf year round, it's pretty tough. You just gave me an idea. We've talked about you know having no summer lawn to begin with, just because who wants to be out there in triple digit weather? Mm-hmm. Um, we've and we still do both summer and winter lawn. <clears throat> But I've thought about that for a while, and it just hit me. It, we need to take artificial grass to the next level where you could roll out a summer artificial turf and then roll it back up and put in your winter rye <laughs> so you could still have mm. your nice green. Because we, we love the smell of the rye. We love rolling in it. We got a new puppy at the Whitman Plantation this week, and, I mean, we've just spent hours in the shade under oh, the mulberry it, tree on top of that rye. And it's the prettiest when it's mowed, and, it, you know, I mean, it mows nice, and you get lines in it, and, you know, it's it's Well, I, I like grass. to do different designs every time. Yeah. Just, it, the kids get a kick out of it in the different directions and angles. Yeah. But like you said, in the summertime, we like to look Retractable out and see green. artificial turf. When, when it's 110 degrees, you, you at least want to look out and see some kind of encouragement, some kind of green when everything's brown. So have a retractable turf. Well, you could turf paint. You could on. paint. You could just paint the ground green. <laughs> I guess I could always paint it. <laughs> We've got a load of text questions that we'll get to after the break. And if you'd like to join the conversation, it's one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. Hey, you may have heard that Stampede Plumbing had a change of ownership, and you're exactly right. They've been Rosie certified for years, so we had to check out the new owners, make sure they were Rosie certified worthy, and boy are they. They passed with flying colors. So if you've been a customer of Stampede Plumbing for years, no reason to look for another plumber. As a matter of fact, right now, with your home plumbing system, probably being stretched to its max, they are running a $99 drain cleaning if you have an accessible clean-out for all systems to keep them on the go. 
<laughs> get it. Keep it on the go. Get Stampede Plumbing. <laughs> keep you, you on the go. Keep me on the go. <laughs> yeah. You can find them at stampedeplumbing.com or, of course, because they are Rosie certified, you can find them at rosieonthehouse.com. There was a lawn that was installed over our leech lines at the house. We're on a septic system. And you can tell right where those leech lines are right now, baby. That Bermuda is green in two rows. <laughs> We're talking lawns here in the Outdoor Living Hour with Jay Harper. And we've got... Uh, a number of text questions we're going to get to, but first we're going to get to Julie on hold. We were talking about alternatives to your winter rye and your summer Bermuda, and Julie wants to know about St. Augustine. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I've got this St. Augustine grass. It's been here ever since I moved in 20-some years ago, and I love it dearly, but I've never thatched it. Don't. And I'm not Don't. sure what to do. Don't. <laughs> you do do not want to dethatch St. Augustine. That's so, what somebody told me. No, it it uh, it when it grows, it'll actually regrow and reroot into its own thatch. Um, and you you dethatch it, you may be taking everything that's alive <laughs> with it. So uh, it just does not lend itself to dethatching. It doesn't mind being. Uh, big and thick. It likes humidity. It likes a fairly thatchy condition. Um, if you want to, you know, mow it, you know, a little bit shorter, although it's hard to do that with St. Augustine. It's just something you have to kind of put up with. If it's a spongy, you know, thatchy kind of grass and, and, uh, and that's the way it likes it. So, yep, don't, that's one thing that's nice about it is it's pretty low maintenance, uh, kind of a grass. So if you've got a good stand at St. Augustine, Leave it alone. Give it a little mild, uh, you know, fertilizer a couple times during the summer. And, you know, it it uh, it likes, you know, you think about where St. Augustine grass comes from. It's, you know, it's the southeastern United States, the Bahamas, you know, hot, humid conditions. That's what it likes. So having some thatch there is not all bad for St. Augustine. Great. Wait, thanks. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. You have the Rosie on the house approval to do nothing to your lawn this weekend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks for the call. If you'd like to join the conversation, it's one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Or like so many of us do today that have forgotten how to talk on a telephone and you send a text, you can send that to four one one nine two three. And you know, we're going to get to the, uh, we've, we've got a number of them here, but do you remember people used to call and they would sit on hold for 40 minutes while you oh, yeah. went through every single yeah, call yeah. and you, yeah. you know, you could spend, you would spend 10 minutes with a caller and now it's, you know, you've got it, you know, they've got you, you know, move, keep it, move, keep it. That, are, are we going to see a return to that? There's so many old world things that, you know, and I say old world 20 years ago, 10 years ago that we used to do that were that we didn't do and we're getting well, back to. <laughs> flips up. We may be doing Zoom radio, right? We Zoom. actually look at each other and <laughs> it may go completely the opposite. The, the higher tech. I don't know. I don't well, know. I don't either. I, I certainly, when you can do something as easy as text in a question, wouldn't sit on hold for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't think people go back to that with <laughs> with kind of technology we have that way. But, uh, uh, you know, certainly there's more people baking bread than were a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think, and this is where technology isn't always better, 
I think what they're asking about is a sisu tree. And to read exactly what the text says, is there any other tree like the issue tree that grows pretty quickly? Yeah. And I think that's an autocorrect from so, sisu. So <laughs> if you're in the plant business, autocorrect is not your friend. <laughs> You should try and detect somebody a plant list or spell out plant, and it's just we it is it. it is aggravating as all get out. It's changing every freaking plant name you've got to something else. <laughs> Google and Apple haven't figured out to oh my to upload the index of plant names into their yeah, dictionary. It, it does not work very well. Um, well, there's a lot of fast growing trees in 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 our neck of the woods. So if you don't want to sisu a tipu. Very good, fast-growing trees. Heck, our desert trees, our palaverdes and mesquites, if they get adequate water, are almost too fast. So <clears throat> it, it's it's almost harder to find a slow-growing tree here than it is a fast-growing tree. So tipus and palaverdes and mesquites, uh, you know, even some of the acacias like salicinas and salignas uh, are all very fast-growing trees. So if that's what you're looking for, and and we, uh, you know, years ago, um, they they fought like crazy to get mulberries and olives off of the off of the plant. In fact, they outlawed them. Well, that Pima County just passed a deal where, and I'm sure it'll come to Maricopa County where we're going to go back to being able to plant mulberries and olives. So the old mulberry, uh, mm. um, male mulberry, the fruitless mulberries they were very fast i think it's a cool looking tree but um anyway there's some great options if you don't want a sisu we planted uh two fruitless mulberries on the side of each lawn of the lawn Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's been eight years and i mean they are the, the kids climb in them now they're not as big as we'd like them but they provide i mean you can stand underneath it and get shade and you know, in the morning, we start under this tree, and as the afternoon comes, we move to this tree to stay in the shade yeah. and, and on the lawn at the same time. And they are an extremely hardy tree. One of them has been killed three times. We call it our Jesus tree. It just keeps resurrecting. And <laughs> it's actually now grown in a two trunk because yeah. it, it sprouted out after one of the. Got run over by the lawnmower or the tractor. You know, um, <laughs> I can't remember all the different times, but the last thing that killed it was the goat stripped all the bark off oh, of it. Sure. You know that they don't seem to mind it. The older trees now, when the bark's a lot harder, but that new young fresh bark, they they just stripped it to the core, and uh, it came back as two. Well, that double trunk mulberry is as tall as a single trunk mulberry that never uh, once mm-hmm. w- w- was hurt, and so this one's got like eight years of growth, and this one you know, from being killed and coming back has about five years on it, but it's the exact same height. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they are resilient and they're tough. <laughs> they're fast growing. They were the staple of landscapes here for, you know, the fifties and sixties. You know, everybody had a mulberry tree in their yard. So we may see a comeback to those. All right, next text question. A landscaper recommended fertilizer tank to help deep root fertilize my trees. What are your thoughts on this type of system? So a tank, I assume he's putting a liquid and it's injecting it into his irrigation system. Um, It's great. It's a very convenient way to fertilize. It gives your plants a little bit of fertilizer every time you water. 
So from that standpoint, it's a you get a nice even fertilization. You don't get you know big peaks and hey, we forgot to fertilize this time. We missed a whole cycle. Now we're going to fertilize. It's just of course you got to remember to put the fertilizer in the tank as well, <laughs> or you're just giving the plant water. <clears throat> so it 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 you still have to to fill the tank up to get that. But it's it's a great way to do it. Now when you say deep root fertilizing, I think that's a little misleading because number one, you have to be watering long enough to get the fertilizer down deep. Uh, just because you're putting a liquid fertilizer on doesn't mean it's a deep fertilizer. The other thing that is a little misleading with deep is most of the feeder roots of trees and shrubs are not deep. You know, they're in the top maybe 12 inches or so of the soil. So we don't really need to worry about deep root feeding. Just make sure you're getting the fertilizer out where the feeder roots are, away from the trunk of the tree. That's that's my concern a little bit with people with drip systems, if you're feeding that way, is make sure you're adding and moving drippers or emitters, excuse me, as the tree grows and get them out away from the trunk of the tree. So it's a great, it's it's a good system. It's It can be kind of convenient, but you do have to remember to keep the tank full. <laughs> um, what, one more quick question real quick, and then we'll get to Sue online. The, uh, when you aerate your lawn, uh, this texter wants to know what should you do with the mud pellets that come out? That's a good question. So the core aerifier, as you go along, it's popping the, the cores out as the next tine, hollow tine goes into the ground. It pops the old one up out of the ground as you go along. Um, I simply, after I'm done doing that, I simply go along. Well, I do two things. While I've got good open holes, I get gypsum or soil sulfur and, and organic fertilizer. Um, I'm kind of partial to chicken manure. But, uh, <laughs> so we, we, we get all that and we would, get it. Would you say you have a plethora of yeah, chicken manure? Plethora. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get that so those, those holes are open. That fertilizer gets down in those holes. And then I just take simply take my lawnmower with no catcher on it, and I go out there and just chop all that stuff up. And if you need to, you can smooth it around with a rake, but generally you don't even need to do that. Just chop it all up. Now that you've got that fertilizer and that gypsum or soil sulfur down in the hole, and just just chop those up. If you wanted to, you know, you could rake those up, you know, throw them in a compost pile, you know, do something like that with them. But uh, some people will go back in, they'll do that, and they'll go back in with those holes and sand them. I'm not a big advocate of using sand because it generally just kind of melds into the soil and doesn't really keep things opened up. But so a couple of things you can do. And if it's a new lawn, your first year or you're planting a lawn or you're revitalizing one that hasn't been uh, maintained in a few years, that Arizona clay is very hard. I would water really hard the day before, before you corrate. Oh, before you, yeah. That corrator is just going to bounce on. (laughs) I've seen, you know, where they've taken a, and you had to, you know, you tied a big cinder block on top of the aerator to give it some weight (laughs) to weight it down. Yeah. Your soil needs to be a little on the moist side, not muddy. But moist, so those tines will go down into the ground. I see them where they even have water tanks on top of them yeah, now, so you yeah. can add water weight That's just a, depending on how much it needs to penetrate. The nice thing about that is, and when you're done, you can empty the water out, and the machine's not, you know, as heavy. So. That's the that's the hard part with those to get a homeowner to is they're super heavy anyway, and uh, can be a little cumbersome. 
Sue Ann's in Queen Creek and wants to know about the plant selection of a tree. Good morning, Sue. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for uh, taking my call. Um, Yeah, so I just bought a new home in Queen Creek, um, and the one side of my house that I was so excited about, which is on, you know, the west side, I thought, oh, that'd be a great place for a giant shade tree, which I really need it because I'm on an acre. Um, But I found out (laughs) before my house closed that it's a leech field. Um, So I'm I'm looking for an idea of something that I can plant to provide shade to the west side of my house. I've got about 20 feet between the six-foot wall and the edge of the leech field, is there any kind of tree that has maybe tap roots or shallow root system that might be okay to plant? Well, that's a tough one. You know, because you know, the a tree that has a smaller root system is going to be a smaller tree. So it's you know, it's not going to probably get big enough, you know, to do what you want it to do. What I would consider doing is maybe something you know, a large shrub that you could plant closer to the house that would still shade the house itself. Um, Even vines, you know, trellises and vines against the wall of the house um, would work fine. But, uh, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Um, But that would be my suggestion, would be a hedge or a tall-growing, something like sour orange or Japanese privet or, uh, something that got tall and slender, uh, orange bell, uh, Tacoma orange bells, regular orange bells that got big, Tavisha, the yellow oleander, something that gets pretty big, and you can kind of maybe keep it uh, pruned a little bit so it'll you know it shade the house and you can plant it closer to the house or put some trellises or structures up either on the house or a, out a ways from that maybe a foot or two away from the house and get some fast growing vines. On that, they're messy, but Bogan V is a great option for that as well. We did yeah. that on our sun exposure, and you know, it, it like I said, it, it's it's a messy tree and it, it drops a lot of flower leaves, but it's pretty, adds color. And another one of those that we intentionally cut it to the ground to when we prune it, and next season it's got it's. Can't climbed up it. the whole trellis yep. yeah mowing the lawn is amazing and you'll see it is my favorite activity i am mowing the lawn yeah mowing the lawn mowing 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 the lawn because i am mowing the lawn yeah mowing the lawn mowing mowing despite mowing, their best efforts the i seriously doubt that song this. inspired any young kid to go just mow the lawn at their own will <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably not <laughs> By the way, he's he's not on a push mower like the old days. He's on a nice, comfy riding mower. Ah. Uh, the visual is much more inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I still think the best one is uh, that insurance commercial where he's mowing the lawn and it's kicking rocks into all the glass in the house and he's like oh, sorry pops five, windows, five, five bucks, bucks doesn't buy my undivided <laughs> attention <laughs> that was, uh, that was uh, all state uh, mayhem the mayhem, mayhem. Yeah, the mayhem. yeah there you go uh before we get to the text and the calls the livestock auctions moved online for the county fair everyone that had a animal ready for through 4-h or you know whatever program or just right so they canceled the county fairs, you know, in mm-hmm. the, the spring county fair. So all the southern part of the state, Yuma, Pinal, Pima, Maricopa counties, all all their fairs got canceled. Um, and so to 
you've got all these animals that need to be sold, right? <laughs> Mom and dad want that. Mom and dad want that steer, pig, or goat out of the out of the barn. You, they are uh, Maricopa County's is today. This morning starts at nine o'clock here, just in a little oh. bit. So you can go to uh, live auctions tv looks like and uh and do your auction online so if you're looking to support some youngster and maybe put a little beef in the fridge or the freezer and, and buy it right online i suppose if you search for get maricopa county fair junior livestock auction all those would probably come up but it's www.liveauctions.tv Get two or three of your neighbors or family members involved if you're going for, you know, a, a full cow. That's that's a ton of meat. Yeah, a little more than just the. Well, especially if you <laughs> maybe, maybe not a ton, it's, but it's a, a half ton. If you just got a regular refrigerator freezer, you're you're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be trying to figure out where to put that meat before it spoils when it comes back. And something interesting I haven't figured out is. You walk into the grocery store and the meat selection is, you know, down to fake meats, you know, your, right. your, your vegetable yeah. meats and fish. We were talking about this yesterday. But at the same time, Wall Street Journal has an article out in Friday's paper that says meat prices are low. How can there be such a demand and, and have low meat prices? Well, I, I don't a, get that. There's some, uh, I think there's some federal investigations going on in that deal right now. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's well. Here, There's a little hanky panky going on in the meat business right now. I here's think. how you insulate yourself from that there and worry go. about it. A uh, uh, one, so we raise two steers. We sell one, and what we sell off of that gives us the other money to buy the other one. And that one steer feeds our whole family for a year. There you go. Just got to have a big enough freezer to accommodate that. But yeah, and you can, you know, you can buy a... You, you say freezer in a singular term. <laughs> a freezers, yeah. We got the chest freezer, we got the freezer above the fridge, we got the freezer out at Meemaw's and the freezer over at our neighbor Lonnie's. That... There you go. Like you said, probably splitting it with a couple, three families still give you more meat than most people are going to eat in a, in a year. But uh, it's a great way to go. And you support, you know, these these kids have raised these animals for, you know, a long time with the hope of you know, showing them and winning, a, you know, some prizes or, oh, if, uh, you know, there's a lot of pride and work and hard work that goes into that. And, you know, boom, it's gone. Um, and so at the end of the day, though, they've got to have an avenue to get rid of that animal. And uh, hopefully this will take care of it. So, And if you're scared of any TV. of those, you know, steroids or growth additives that a lot of, you know, that, that you could find on the open market... There's, These animals are tested. I uh, mean, there's nothing more so organic yeah, than what you can buy at the... One of the things they have to do with these livestock shows is get a drug test. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. And so that's... I'm sorry, you don't have it. We'll post it on our social media, it's, live.auctions.tv. Uh, live Jennifer's giving the thumbs TV. up. She's on it. All right. All right. <laughs>